Welcome to the Content Rocks Podcast, the show about all things content.ai, .net, and Azure for people who want to learn more about headless technology. And now, here's your host, Brian McKeever. Hey everyone, thanks for joining the latest episode of the Content Rocks Podcast. I'm very pleased today to be joined by a good friend of mine, Wes McChristian from AmericanEagle.com. He's the global Kentico Practice Director, as well as a Kentico MVP and a good friend of mine. And we are going to talk about content governance today and how you handle publishing content from a day-to-day operational standpoint in your organization. Wes, how are things going? Brian, things are great. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So is Chicagoland still sunny? Oh, yeah. Sun's shining. Uh, a little sad to be locked inside on a, on a beautiful day here as summer comes to an end. Good, good. Well, hey, uh, you know, Wes, just in case anyone's not familiar with AmericanEagle.com, can you maybe give us a little bit about what the, you know, what, what your agency does and maybe yeah. a little bit about your day-to-day? Yeah, we, we have, a, a, we have a, a bit of a fun history, actually, AmericanEagle.com. So we, uh, believe it or not, started in the late 70s as a technology company authoring Apple II software uh, at the time. And uh, we quickly transitioned to hardware and networking kind of through the 80s. And then uh, one of our clients in the mid 90s asked us if we knew anything about this little thing called the internet. And uh, we've been in the space ever since. Uh, Today, we're a full service digital agency. So everything from uh, custom development through design, all the way out to uh, hosting and infrastructure, those are what I would call our, our core competencies. I joined uh, the organization actually back in, in 2011 uh, on Valentine's Day, um, which I joke, American Eagle and I are a bit of a sweetheart. Love it. Love and, it. Um, and I, I, you know, I cut my teeth in, in, in those days at, in project management. So I was on our corporate and custom development team. I think our code name was Team Mercedes back then. Great, great code um, name. For the last seven years, I've been behind the wheel of our Kentico practice. So uh, I provide oversight direction to a team of project managers. I help with our sales practices, direct traffic for our development resources, all in an effort to, you know, really honor the commitments we make to our clients and uphold quality. Well, fantastic. So you are the perfect person to talk to about this because it sounds like you are in the thick of things quite a bit, uh, as am I. We've, we've um, done oh, a little bit. We've done a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Uh, funny side note. I've actually had the pleasure of being in your office, and I saw that original software in in, uh, in a case, uh, which is really impressive. And you guys have done some amazing work over here, so congratulate you on that. Uh, okay, so the reason Wes is joining me today is we kind of had this thing happened in one of our private group chats, and the question came up. I don't even remember who actually originally asked the question, but it was around, you know, hey, how do you have your teams, or your clients, kind of produce content? edit it and publish it to the world when there's maybe multiple environments involved or not and do you use workflow or not or other governance means and we both furiously were typing our answers away in in the uh the chat and you know they actually weren't the same answer which is uh surprising since we're actually kind of similar and, and do things in similar ways but the fact that they weren't similar is not a bad thing and it led to this kind of interesting like hey you want to do it that way and you like that way and i do it this way you know what, this is a great conversation. Maybe we should share it. And that's where this idea for the podcast was born, right? I mean, we we uh, just want to make sure more people can hear these opinions and, and options. So with that, you know, that's the history of why we're here. 
And I want to just kind of dive right into it. You know, Wes, if you hear this and you have this uh, issue or question come up of, I'm a digital marketing team, I need to create and publish content, I need to make sure there's quality, I need to make sure certain standards are met. How, how do you recommend, or even if you see this in your internal teams, how do you lead and, and say, this is actually a good way to handle this problem? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I, and I think it's important context, right? The, the conversation you and I are having was fairly technical, uh, functional in nature, right? Is mm -hmm. how do we leverage a product like content.ai or uh, experience by Kentico to arrive at a governance process? But I think that is actually like further down the line than the spirit of the question that you're asking. Because where we normally start is, uh, and I sort of frame it this way, is why, what, and how. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this idea of governance has to start with, well, why do we need governance? And this is going to vary by client, by industry, by implementation. One common use case we see requiring governance, we do a lot of work in the financial institution space, banks and credit unions, for instance. They all have compliance arms. And maybe... Maybe the marketing and the tech team uh, maybe a bit adversarial with that co compliance team. I've right? been there. I understand. So this helps start to un unfold the business reason for why we might be considering a really strong governance. And from there, we can start to unpack some of the things that you and I were discussing, right? It's like, okay, is, it, is, it, is this feature or is that function uh, going to be uh, really important in terms of governance? And one of the one of the most important considerations during that, it, it, you know, it is going to be volume as well. How much content are we talking about? What channels are we talking about? Um, so, you know, I think that forms the baseline for uh, the conversations that we have with our clients to start establishing governance best practices for teams to be managing and publishing content. Yeah, in, in this part, I definitely fully agree with you. I think that's you know, we look at it in terms of, can you step back and whiteboard your process? Forget about the technology solution a second. Do you understand? I mean, so you mentioned financial services. We work a little bit probably more in the manufacturing world. Okay. And it's yep. all, usually about like compliance of, are the specifications of a product correct and defined in all the ways they need to be both, you know, metric and imperial or whatever. So that that sort of content quality review needs to happen by a compliance department, maybe an engineering department, yep. uh, where you're more legal or, or and I, so I mean, legal, heck, they're probably involved in all these workflows and, and governance choices all the way. But um, it's, can you put that in a whiteboard? Can you draw like a step of, it has to go from here to here to here? Or is it truly, once I hit save, it's just wild on, on the internet and out to the public. And, and usually it's not. Usually there is more of a business process that has to go around setting up the actual governance that you're going to implement on your project. And, and some of my favorite these days are, hey, I hired this temp or I've got this contractor and I don't want them updating the homepage without me knowing or without my blessing. Right. Right. Can you help me solve for this? Uh, you know, the answer always is unequivocally yes. But the consistency of information and the quality of your brand are, I mean, they're tied to some of the, 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 the scenarios you're describing here, right? We're only as good as what we put out in terms of data. 
and it's not just on-page stuff anymore either. You know, the things conceptually we're talking about are page content, accessibility content, yep. SEO content, all of these things to help create this umbrella of, of, of what we want to make sure that we're managing from a right. content perspective. And I think, you know, to, to plan that point, even in more of that true headless scenario yep. where you may be creating content for a different channel that's maybe like generative AI, since that's the new rage these days, it's yep. not even about the visual page content. It's truly around the metadata or the other aspects that you might want to power uh, a search and answer retrieval type of uh, generative scenario. So uh, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more on that aspect. Um, but what I want to move us into a little bit is more, so say we're past that step and we actually have a plan, we can whiteboard it, maybe we've documented it in, yep. in, in whatever system or well, maybe even just Word document, who knows. Um, and we are ready to move into our CMS platform of choice. Yeah. What are some of your recommendations there for actually now implementing uh, the, the governance that you want your business to have? So the first, right, and I think we align on this, uh, right? The first is, right, permission-based access to your system of choice. So in Kentico, we call it users and roles. It has various names in other systems as well. Right. Right. This is the idea that as an individual, when I log into the system, I leave footprints that are tied directly to me as a user. Mm -hmm. And the role helps make sure that I only have access to what I should be accessing. And I shouldn't be able to, in many cases, even see the things that I shouldn't be able to access as well, right? Going back to that, that temp, I shouldn't be even be able to see the homepage if, if, if my uh, manager doesn't want me editing it. So I think it starts there, right? That's sort mm -hmm. of like the, the non-negotiable part. Yeah. And then from there, I think it's, well, at least in the Kentico ecosystem, some of the debate you and I were having, and they're not mutually exclusive, right? Which is the best part. In, and th these are two things, right? The first is content staging. The idea that I'm doing all of my management in a lower environment to preserve the purity of a production environment. And there's a task that runs, grabs all that content, synchronizes it technically into the production environment. Or yep. uh, the option I like better, the workflow route where as business users, we can connect to one another through an approval process of some sort, where that temp or that contract uh, user administrator is going to submit changes to me for me to review and approve and publish. Using users and roles, understanding that I'm leaving a footprint as part of my behavior and actions inside of the content management system when we start to think about how does governance impact these things, staging workflow become two of the prime candidates for making sure we're controlling and providing, as you said, the consistency in terms of our, our content that's going live. Yep, yep. And to map that into the content to AI or headless world, basically there is a couple choices that are, are similar with different names. You know, in There still is workflow in a production project and environment in your content setup that you're going to basically distribute the approved content out over the delivery API and you can move it from draft to ready for review to publish, right? Still traditional things that are very similar where it's uh, another option is in, in having multiple environments that are separate and disconnected and using like a migration tool 
the CLI command that content that AI has to pull content from or content items and, and assets even from one environment to another, a little bit harder to do because uh, you definitely need a developer or a, an automation setup to do that, I guess would be the way to think about. Um, and then there's even like a third option of like, there's actually the whole preview API system to that you can actually see and look at unpublished content with the security header that you're passing to prove who you are. All of that still is exactly what you mentioned about roles and permissions, that's all still there. So. I actually tend to like having a fully separate staging environment or different URL that you can actually click the publish to privately, share it internally to your organization and see like the real result and know that no one is touching production if they're not ready to yet. But that's where we start to differ a little bit. And, you know, I think there's pros and cons to both approaches. So, you know, uh, we've talked a little bit about the pros of, of both. Um, but it might be fair to talk a little about some of the cons too of, of them. So I don't know, can you think of any cons, Wes, to one or the other? Yeah, so I'm glad you mentioned a, a preview because I think that's important. When we, because what we'll do with a lot of our clients is we'll demo both routes and we'll let them choose. Mm. And, um, a lot of what, a lot of what like the requirements that are given to us will will indicate is what I really need is the ability to preview a piece of content before it is published to the live site for a user to consume. That's really like the core use case for what we're trying to solve in a lot of different governance discussions. Mm -hmm. when, you distill, when you distill it all down. And so, um, you know, I like workflow because it will generate a preview URL that a user can consume, review, and then go in and approve. And the con of something like that is it, in some systems, you have to be logged in. You have to be an administrator in order to log in and, and view that, that preview page. And, um, and, and so that's, I think, one con on the workflow side. And then on the staging side, which you already called out, is there's some overhead and operational cons for uh, staging. Of multiple environments and that's in the form of developer intervention that's often required in order to wire those things up run those commands and then validate that they're effectively making the changes that you want uh right so a bit of like test and iterate preview um you know which which i think are when we're dealing predominantly with business and marketers that sort of intervention sometimes becomes less appealing Right, right. Yeah, I, I think too, a, a, one of the cons that does come to mind about my, my favorite approach is that usually that staging environment is private. So sometimes sharing it outside of your, your network security or, or location, or even if you're in the cloud, like getting to private URLs is a thing sometimes, especially if you're like on a phone who's not on the connection to the same network. And that can, that can get in the way if you don't think how to solve that up front. Yep. So there, there's a little tip for listeners. If you're gonna do a different staging environment and do some kind of synchronization of content from one to the other, definitely think through the, you know, is it private? How can I get to it with all my people who need to look at it and approve it or review it? So um, that I think is something that does come into mind that the production workflow scenario somewhat fixes easily because obviously you, yeah. you have to be able to get to production, it's a website. Yeah. Um, 
But I think the nice thing is uh, what you mentioned a little bit of maybe letting teams and clients know that there are two choices or three choices or more and showing both to, to see like what fits their organizational model the best is I think that if you really try to hone or not hone, it's probably another word, probably to like force that solution when maybe a team is not used to doing it that way, that is even a bigger hurdle that you're actually artificially creating that you don't need to. And I've heard that from some of our um, customers over the years of doing this for this long that they think it's hard to use workflow or it's hard to follow governance or why won't it let me upload this image while it's not meeting our guidelines that say you need it to be this pixel dimension or this size. So, you know, the, the pushback happens sometimes. I don't know if you see that West in your, in your, you know, examples that this pushback to governance. Did my smile give me away? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I joke with our team workflow is the most requested least used piece of functional toolkit typically because of exactly what you're describing. Um, you know, it, so let's say we, we set up workflow, we set up some sort of governance structure. Well, inevitably that structure is going to probably generate a host of notifications to you as a user that, Hey, content is ready for your review or a draft has been published. If you don't, I always tell clients set up a rule in your inbox, quarantine all that stuff, filter it all into its own folder. So you're, so that noise doesn't stop you from actually doing what, what the tools intend you to do, because it can very quickly become overwhelming. And that's when we see, okay, maybe governance isn't so important. And that's, that's, we want to, we want to step back from that cliff and make sure that we do respect governance, what it's intended to do, because it's not really as important about what's happening today, but what might be happening tomorrow that we're putting these guardrails in place for. Right, right. And I think guardrails is, is a great way to think about the next point that I was thinking through while you're talking is that we're not trying to say use workflow governance or scheduling to slow you down to get in your way. It's really about making the teams more efficient by using a process, onboarding a new digital marketer who maybe doesn't know all the rules of, I need to match this style guide, I need to have this tone and this legal approval. It actually systemizes that to where in theory, it should be easier to go faster if people have the discipline. And if you implement it the right way, you know, in either content.ai or Kensco or other system, generally I have seen this payoff in the long run because people, they learn it, they get used to it, and suddenly at the end of the day, you're providing just better quality content on, on your site. Yeah, exactly. It would be, uh, we'd call it slow down to speed up. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. Okay. So I think, you know, you and I could probably sit here and talk about this for two more hours easily, especially if we get into like war stories. Uh, of well, certain yeah, you mentioned generative AI. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, that's been a big one this year too, even. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the future is that, you know, a workflow step will actually be passed out to uh, an AI large language model processing response of, does it meet our rules? Yes or no. And if it doesn't, it, it tells the person exactly what they need to go change and why that could be a fantastic addition to a CMS platform. And I think we're, we're learning too that using it in and of itself may be a governance issue because mm -hmm. if, 
feed data into it, what is it doing with it? And you don't own it anymore. <laughs> so, you know, yep. that in and of itself is a consideration. Now, as we at least read the headlines for 2023 and what do these new tools allow us to do for our web presence? Right, right. It's exciting and scary all at the same time where we're going with all this AI stuff. I, for one, welcome our new AI overlords. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, and actually on that, so, uh, you know, as I said, we can talk about this forever, but we're kind of near the time that we were targeting. Um, I do want to give anyone who's listening a chance to ask questions further. So if you want to add comments in the YouTube channel or whatever, but actually if they want to get a hold of you, Wes, you know, we uh, actually talked about this. I'm going to throw up your LinkedIn profile here for a second. So if people do want to get hold of you, do you, do you like the LinkedIn channel? Do you like your, your work channel? What's the best way for someone to ask yeah, you questions? Link, LinkedIn's probably a great way uh, to start a conversation. You know, just like we're doing here, I think when we interact with with clients to solve some of these problems, it's it's very conversational. It's very iterative, right? It's help us understand what where your mind is, help us understand where what the landscape looks like, and we'll dive in to help you out. Love for anybody that's interested to use these these links on screen to, to start that conversation. Fantastic. Yeah, and then this other link is all about how to find you on AmericanEagle.com with your profile, and there's a there's a CTA button, I think, to get a hold of you there. So, Wes, uh, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us uh, on the podcast. Always a pleasure, Brian. All right. So, everyone, this has been the latest episode of the Content Rocks podcast. We will see you all next time.